It's Debbie McAllister with Light Up Your Worth. I wanted to start out today and tell you thank you. Thank you for being here. My heart is full of gratitude that you have uh, hit the subscribe button and shared it with somebody who is looking for inspiration. As I continue to bring you uh, amazing healers of different types of spiritual modalities, life coaches, inspirational authors, and this season, some, some therapists, so that we can heal ourselves, heal our families, and really light up this world and owning our own self-worth. So in this episode, I'm going to bring you Karen Salida. She's a, an amazing woman that I met through uh, the Polka Dot Powerhouse in my chapter of Carson City, Nevada. And she wrote this a really amazing book called 101, 101, <laughs> Soul Seeds for Reinventing Yourself. And it really is amazing. So if you're looking to start to begin to feel comfortable in your own skin, you know, really understanding that your flaws are clues, showing up as your imperfect self and embracing those insecurities and starting to understand our own sense of belonging, then stay tuned. You're going to love this episode with Karen. If you haven't already subscribed, would you please hit the subscribe button for me? And I would love it if you could leave me a review on Apple's that others are able to find us. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. This podcast is for you, the spiritual curious woman seeking inspiration, hope, and practical knowledge as you navigate a life transition and move forward with confidence in rebuilding a new and radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other soulful spiritual women who get real and vulnerable as they share their very own unique journey through transition. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, it'll motivate you, and light up your worth. Hi, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. I'm so excited today to bring on my friend, Karen Salita, and she is uh, the author of the book 101, 101 really, Soul Seeds for Reinventing Yourself. It's a guidebook to empower your heart and soul on a transformational journey. I'm getting caught up in that word, but she is really fascinating, Karen. She's a former competitive snowboarder who reinvented herself after injuries forced her to question her identity and her purpose in life. And she came about this by exploring their early years of midlife. And she became intrigued by the processes of personal transformation and began her next reinvention as a author. So I am really looking forward to our conversation today. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Debbie. I'm super excited too. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, I am just, you know, I've been reading through uh, the book and have a whole group of my copies of stuff to, to also reference for all of the listeners. And I'm really interested and curious to learn about how you began the journey and for this really uh, super powerful guidebook to help 
you know, especially as women through transformation in this transition of life and reinventing ourselves. So I'd love to hear how you, how it all began. Yeah. So, um, in my youth, uh, which I'm going to consider my twenties, um, like so many other people, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I knew who I was. I was going to go out there. I was going to do big things. Uh, and then suddenly, uh, my plans changed. So like you mentioned, I was a competitive snowboarder. Um, snowboarding had become my life, my passion. Uh, it's really who I thought I was. And it wasn't until injuries actually threatened to remove snowboarding from my life entirely that I realized that this identity that I had created for myself was not reliable in life. In fact, it wasn't even truly who I was. It was what I was doing. And I had made what I did who I was. And when circumstances changed, I suddenly realized that I didn't know who I was anymore. So um, when I had begun snowboarding, I was a teen. And like many teens, um, I was awkward. And I had been bullied as a child um, and very uncomfortable. And I had learned to look to my peers to feel uh, a sense of belonging and to feel validated. And I didn't get that from my peers until I started snowboarding. And that was when I started to feel good about myself. So in college, um, I was snowboarding full-time and I had built my confidence up and I was you know, nationally ranked. Uh, I was sponsored, I traveled um, and I thought I knew who I was. But when the sport was taken away from me, um, all of my insecurities came back. And I realized that my sport had become a cloak that was really just hiding the parts of myself that I didn't feel very comfortable and confident about. So at the, I guess it was right around the time I was 30 was when it really became evident to me that I had been spending my entire life looking for validation from other people. And without snowboarding, um, I realized that I needed to start looking inside myself. So I began this journey of um, not just figuring out who I was, but learning to learn, love myself regardless of who uh, this identity was for myself. So um, through that journey, I began looking for ways that could be myself without needing to feel that other people were, um, were pleased by what I was doing or how I was showing up. You know, I realized that I had been a people pleaser for much of my life. And really, I just needed to feel good in my own skin. So I began this journey of what I now refer to as following wiggles. Wiggles for me are clues that I get in my body that what I'm doing is lighting me up somehow. Um, so a wiggle might be a conversation that I'm having with somebody else. It might be something I'm engaged uh, with in my work. And I started to get clues about who I was um, that helped guide me toward um, where I wanted to be in my life. So eventually I started writing about this process of following these wiggles and I started getting information. So I might be watching a documentary about something 
And I would suddenly get information like, um, like deep down inside, I was watching a, a documentary about foster kids and mindfulness and how to, how to teach kids how to show up more powerfully in their lives when their circumstances are not great. And that made me volunteering of foster kids, which I've been doing for a number of years. Over time, I've realized that we're continuously developing ourselves and we're continuously reinventing how we show up in life so that we can show up in ways that feel better for ourselves. It's a never ending process, but it's a process that's really rewarding as we start actually um, creating our lives in ways that feel better for ourselves. Um, so it can be around relationships, it can be around your job or your career. Um, it can be around um, your contribution to the world, how you show up um, to be of service to others. Um, but we're constantly recreating who we are um, and how we show up. So my journey began with an injury, which forced me to look at myself and um, begin a journey of being in action and showing up in ways that felt better for me. And it's been a 15-year journey. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I think everybody can think of a time that started them on this process of really getting to discover ourselves of once we take away what we're doing and that validation that we're looking for, whether it's an injury, whether it's a divorce, a job loss, or my goodness, did the world just give us this treat to look at ourselves with? the pandemic and COVID and lockdowns and yeah, to really give us kind of the time for a lot of people who were home, right. Give us the time and um, yeah. kind of throw, um, throw back at us where we'll be spending our time and being able to do that. So I, I think your book is really uh, perfect timing for those who are in this process now. Yeah. You know, on you this know, journey. Mm -hmm. I remember when, when you and I met, uh, was still fairly early in COVID and we met around the conversation of what do we do when the world as we know it changes? Um, and how do we know who we are when all of our circumstances are now different? And I think that COVID was an opportunity for people to realize all the ways in which they defined themselves in relation to their circumstances. I think prior to COVID, people got into the habit of, um, of sort of being on autopilot in our lives. Things had been the same for quite a while. We figured out what worked. We figured out what didn't work for us. Um, and we thought that that was it. And we were just going to kind of keep doing what we were doing. I think what COVID did for people is it pulled the rug out by shifting our roles in life and the ways that we were showing up. So a lot of people had a role of being an employee in a certain environment. And for a lot of people, that's our self-worth. You know, our self-worth is I'm good. I'm good at my job. I've got this job dialed. And then all of a sudden we had to start doing our job in different ways. And it, questioned our confidence. Parenting is another great one. Um, when our circumstances change and 
we define our value as being a good parent or a bad parent based on how predictable our family life is. And all of a sudden, when people's family lives got turned upside down, it threatened their identity because they had always viewed themselves in relation to these standards of parenthood. But the rules of that game changed. You know, all of a sudden, people had to go inside themselves and realize who am I when this role is not going smoothly my when my job is not going smoothly when um you know my ability to maintain a good household with predictability is not going smoothly can i still feel good about who i am in the face of uncertainty and i think that that really caused a lot of people to question themselves which is good we should be questioning ourselves i think it is good i mean i think i mean this podcast was birthed out of a a huge life event and multiple events from previously to when I had started my, my first reinvention, you know, after 9-11, that's my first reinvention started and being in this process again, I think right before we met too, right? I mean, we met through an in-person event uh, which I've talked about the polka dots powerhouse as a, a group of of women who come together and empower each other and being able to connect with somebody with like-minded people. And you were given a presentation really on how to help yourself through uh, reinventing yourself and having gone through some pretty big life changes, multiple life changes in a relatively short period of time. I was um, really drawn to the material that you were talking about and it just really resonated with um, my soul of this whole reinvention of ourselves and really about feeling comfortable even in our own, in our own skin of where we are, even through this uncomfortable part of these, this transition. And so, um, you know, as you went through your own transition, you know, learning you know, not only acknowledging it for yourself, that takes a lot of courage to acknowledge that you don't know. And, you know, this whole predictability that you were talking about is really, um, we have gotten so used to it. We've, we have kind of predictable lives and then something shifts for us and just can kind of throw us out of our orbit. Um, I'm, uh, I really, one of the, one of the things that I had uh, thought about when I was going through here was um, from your book was number 18. Mm. Yeah. Number 18. And um, I don't know if you, if you want to read it or if you want me to read it, I just, it just seems so um, you have one of my favorite quotes here too, like ultimate favorite quotes. Yeah. Um, no, it's so it's so funny that you bring that up. Um, you know, you had mentioned before we started recording that you might have me read one of my favorites from the book. And I was thinking, oh, that will probably be number 18. <laughs> because I also I also love it so much. Um, I would love to read it and share um, share it with your listeners. Yeah, please do. So number 18. Change is inevitable, not just around us, but also within us. 
We change ourselves to adapt to an ever-changing world, but most of the time we do it unconsciously and unintentionally. Often we allow the dynamic environment around us to influence our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. We become the effect of our environment, which leaves us feeling powerless. By choosing to become intentional with our personal reinvention, we take ownership of the process and we make the unconscious conscious. We empower ourselves by becoming the cause rather than the effect of our lives. I usually in my book, I follow each little soul seed with what I consider to be like a meditation um, or a mantra. It's basically your opportunity to try the idea on for size. So I try this one on for size by saying, Oh, wondrous world filled with so many opportunities and so many challenges. Please help me to notice those moments when I feel powerless in my response to my ever-changing environment. Help me to pause and ask, is it really true? Am I really powerless? What do I want to feel in this moment? And is there an action I can take that is consistent with how I want to feel? Please help me to be the cause and not the effect in my life. And the quote that you referred to as being one of your favorites is from Carl Jung, who said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Oh, when you were reading that, I got full goosebumps uh, mm. with the mantra, you know, of really, instead of life happen to us, you know, kind of taking that victim role, you know, of instead going, no, I'm not powerless, even if we don't know what's happening, right? Like, we just simply don't know, but to be intentional with it doesn't mean we're perfect, right? It could be met, still messy in life, but to say, oh, this is an opportunity. You, we may not see what an opportunity it is in the moment because we might have some pain. Well, we probably have pain, Um <laughs> because we have to get out of our comfort zone, <laughs> but uh, being able to kind of switch it, you know, with our, our own process, but this whole taking the unconscious and making it conscious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it really, um, what created a huge shift for me in my own personal journey was trying was understanding how my individual situations fit into a big picture. Now, the big picture for me personally, um, my spiritual beliefs are that um, my soul predates my body, and that my soul is on a journey, and that this life is part of this grand adventure, this grand journey that my soul is on, and that this journey will continue on, you know, in future lifetimes. Now, that's just my own personal belief. But what that does for me is that it helps me to understand that my personal development is ongoing in this life, that my entire life is a puzzle that I'm putting together. Um, and if you imagine a child who's learning about themselves and learning about the world, we all know that children learn best when things don't go their way, right? Think about a child in sports. If a child is learning to play a sport 
and they learn it perfectly right off the bat and they win every game. Is that child learning anything about um, teamwork and hardship and adversity and overcoming obstacles? We actually want that child to face difficulty through their sports team so that they can learn the experience of of overcoming in their lives and they can learn about how to be compassionate toward others who are also experiencing adversity. You know, if a child knows what it's like to lose a game, they're going to be more compassionate toward others who have just lost a game. In our own lives, if we think of our own journey as we have to learn how to overcome adversity so that we can have compassion toward others who are overcoming adversity. And so we can also have compassion for ourselves in the future. Then we have to have some adversity. And that adversity helps us. It is happening for us, not to us. So if we look at our lives as a series of challenges that we have to overcome, then when a challenge arrives, we don't think of ourselves as a victim. We think of it as an opportunity. Now, this soul seed that I just read about change being inevitable, that is, that is the game. That is the, the sports game that we're playing or the adventure that we're on. We learn how to play the game by overcoming the challenges of the game. And when we learn to expect it, we actually look forward to these opportunities to grow and we can take, uh, we can become empowered in those moments instead of feeling like we're a victim in those moments. And then we can make choices that really benefit us instead of um, just allowing things to unfold how they do. We can actually um, choose our, our path in life in those difficult moments. Yeah, I really, uh, I really agree with that because when, if you don't have adversity, how will you ever learn compassion for others or see, help see what something feels like? Like if it's just always rainbows, um, you don't know how to, you know, in your thing about the growing, right? You won't be able to plant those abilities to love yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in my journey, I have found that um, originally I thought that my own, that the bullying that I experienced as a child and my own insecurities were flaws. It was because there was something wrong with me that, that the other kids picked on me. And then when snowboarding came along, it built my confidence and I could just sort of pretend that all that other stuff didn't exist. In my adulthood, I am actually now grateful for the experiences of being bullied. I am grateful for the opportunity to have, first of all, known what it feels like. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have learned later on that the kids who did the bullying were actually um, experiencing their own tremendous difficulties through their home lives that I learned much, much later on, um, that they were overcoming their own insecurities by picking on me. And now I have tremendous compassion for them, for what they must have been going through that caused them to behave the way that they did. Um, I have tremendous compassion for all people who go through hardship today. And now I can actually connect with people in a much stronger way because I understand where they're coming from. I have empathy. We only develop empathy mm -hmm. 
by going through hardship so that we can understand what it feels like for other people. And I can't imagine having to go through my life without empathy. Uh, I, I think that that is part of what makes for a fulfilled life is a sense of connection with other people. I, I love that. The, um, yeah, I've never had really thought about how you actually develop empathy um, and an understanding in that compassion. And I think you're able to see then, at least I'm able to see, how about yourself when you're, when you're meeting somebody who's in the trenches of it, right? They're in the middle of some big transition and you know how strong and how much strength it takes, inner strength to get, you know, pick yourself back up, even if you're getting knocked down every day or you're, you're trying different things and you can see and really understand what it takes on the inside to keep going and just to keep shining their light and really stepping more and more into it. I, I think, and we had touched on earlier too about, and that includes our flaws, like really embracing what our flaws are, are about us, what makes us um, unique and, and uh, really kind of enhances that whole self-compassion, self-love and, you know, stopping that comparison, which is so, so, you know, you can't really love yourself if you're continually, at least I believe if you're constantly comparing yourself and your journey, you're, you're almost taking away your own self-love. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, um, I noticed a huge shift for myself when I stopped showing up to parties, trying to be popular. (laughs) (laughs) My life actually improved tremendously. Um, During that dark period after snowboarding had been taken away from me, I was really trying to put myself out there. I was joining social groups. I was going to, you know, young adult activities. I was really trying to create a new circle of friends for myself. And I would go to these events and I would try to say the right things and do the right things. And I would try to look the right way. Uh, And I was miserable. I actually hated it. And every conversation that I had was so um, superficial that I would leave these events just feeling completely empty. They felt like a waste of time. It felt like a chore. Um, I wasn't enjoying myself. And it wasn't until I started allowing myself to show up at these events and actually share some of my challenges, um, you know, to allow some of my insecurities to come through in conversation. And the funniest thing happened. The moment I started showing other people my insecurities uh, in a way of, you know, almost joking, you know, uh, about it. you know, like, oh, I can't believe that I did this thing yesterday that was so embarrassing. And I just, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And then all of a sudden, people started seeing me showing up in as my imperfect self, as permission for them to show up as their imperfect selves. And all of a sudden, I started having conversations that uh, were more heart centered. And I could suddenly see who they are beneath all the superficial conversation. And they saw who I was beneath the superficial conversation and we would have a connection. And that connection was lasting over time. And I started coming home from these events, feeling a sense of satisfaction 
um, that I had gotten to know somebody on a deep level. And it was all because I stopped trying to be perfect. It was when I started embracing my flaws as permission for other people to embrace their flaws was when life actually started to feel a lot more delicious for me. Um, and I realized that the judgment and the expectations that I had for myself only served to separate me from everybody else. But when I gave myself permission to just accept who I was for, for who I was, other people started showing up in ways that, uh, that felt a lot more rewarding. Uh, and my experiences started to shift at that point. Yeah, it's, that's a really, uh, that was a very vulnerable share. So thank you, you know, being able to identify for ourselves that we're actually doing that. I think we've been kind of conditioned, right? With some of this subconscious beliefs of this whole fitting in and, you know, following, this uh, path of what we think we should be doing. And once we start subjecting ourselves to this path, this, there's only one way at any age, right? You could be 16 and every 16 year old does this, or every 25 year old, you should have this or 40 or 50 or, and it, it does, hasn't stopped unless we actually stop that. And the people pleasing I think there's a lot of people, I think also with the pandemic who are like done with the superficial. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. As a soulful spiritual woman, are you looking to engage with other heart centered women and really get to know each other, share your businesses, refer each other? Well, if you are one of these women like myself, I founded in an organization called Polka Dot Powerhouse, and I'm part of the Carson City, Nevada chapter, and they're located globally. So lots and lots of chapters. So if you're interested in learning more about this, I highly encourage you to go to polka.powerhouse.com and take a look at the chapters there. And if you're interested in joining, let them know that you heard about us through myself, Debbie McAllister, and this is Light Up Your Worth. I hope to see you there. Like, look at all the the memes we saw, right? With like, oh yeah, I wa- I washed today, right? I showered today. That was the win. But I think we got really real with, uh, with who we are and nobody cares that you're in your sweatshirt or, you know, you haven't washed your hair in four days. Um, yeah, because they haven't either. And now they don't have to pretend anymore. Yeah. yeah. When I was, um, <clears throat> when I was a teenager and throughout my life today, um, I have ADD, attention deficit, uh, which some people say is a disorder, but, uh, and I thought so too, when I was young, but I've actually learned otherwise. As a child, I had a really difficult time in school. um, And I got teased a lot because the teacher would call on me and I wasn't paying attention or I didn't know what we were doing. I was lost. uh, And the other kids would laugh. And I always thought that that was something that I needed to hide. Um, I've also sometimes wondered if I might even have a touch of dyslexia that may have gone undiagnosed. And 
as I, I grew older, I thought that that was just something that I needed to compensate for. I needed to hide. I needed to work extra hard. I needed to study a lot. I couldn't let anybody know that I had this disorder or this learning disability. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I would actually start um, joking about it. You know, I'd be in a group setting and I'd be like, oh, there's my ADD. Or I'd be like, oh, shoot, there's my dyslexia. How do you spell that? And I would laugh about it. And people are like, oh my gosh, I have ADD too. Oh, I didn't know that about you. And then we would start sharing experiences and it became a lighthearted conversation. Um, the more that I embrace the parts of myself that make me unique, which as a child, I thought separated me from everybody else and made me less than, but now um, it actually gives me the opportunity to create a conversation that never existed for a lot of people before. And I also realize I am not uncommon. Most people that I know have some way that they process information that is different from other people. They also thought they were flawed, but now we're all realizing that we all exist on a spectrum um, of processing information. And it is only by embracing those qualities within myself uh, that I can create an environment in which everybody feels like they can show up fully. And that's the world that I want to live in. That's, that's how I want to be in this world is showing up fully and giving other people permission to do the same. Yeah. I, uh, I love that story. Um, you know, before we come on and in the listeners who'll know when I go to uh, introduce a guest that sometimes I stumble, right. I will get stuck on a word or I mispronounce people's names. And so I spend a lot of time before, because my thing as a child was that it was punctuation, right? Like, oh, she reads too fast. She needs to slow down. And, but it's always been punctuation. And then in 2013, I had a, a health crisis where I had to um, learn how to uh, repent, you know, worked with a, um, had to learn how to talk again, basically. And so it's still there. And so I become like, oh, people are going to judge me that I'm not intelligent because I'm stumbling over a word, or I've never been exposed to different types of names other than, you know, Smith or Jones, right? And that's far from the truth. I grew up in a very diversified uh, uh, neighborhood, you know, working class, tons of different types of names in the cultures, and totally the opposite of that. And so I just always found it to be uh, disrespectful if I cannot pronounce the names. And so putting all that extra pressure on ourselves, though, actually makes it harder instead yeah. of just going, okay, I'm just going to, this is just, this is what I work on and I don't need to own it. Right. It doesn't define who I am. Once people know, like, no, I'm really connecting with you on a soul level, a heart level, that connection. And I'm sorry if I mispronounce uh, you know, mispronounce your name. I'm really trying, but if I over-focus on it, it will really get, it'll just gets worse. Right. Or I get stuck on a word and, uh, you know, you're in the inner circle when I'm like, please help me with this word. <laughs> like, like I am, I like, for whatever reason, my brain can't jump that track. It, it gets stuck, you know, in a loop. And so yeah. we had that before we came on and I just have to acknowledge it. Right. But it doesn't define who I am as ADD doesn't define who you are, or even if you're dyslexic, I think that our flaws are actually what make us more beautiful as 
a person, right? Like we're able to see past some of the superficial stuff and really um, help each other through it. Um, Which really made me think of one of the, um, um, you know, one of your things that you had talked about, um, which was number 23, you're talking about, um, and um, I'll, I'll read this since I've kind of jumped into it, if you don't mind. Number 23 says, sometimes we feel the need to shrink our desires so we don't draw too much attention to ourselves, keeping our desires small because we're afraid of being judged by others is a lot like keeping a large plant confined to a small container so it doesn't continue to grow. When we conceal our dreams and desires, we deny our very nature, which is to emerge, expand, and flourish. As a gardener of your life, the greatest gift you can give yourself is permission to grow. And I, uh, with the meditation part of it that goes along with it is, I am a seed of possibility planted and it is my destiny to grow. I will honor this opportunity by nourishing myself with positive thoughts and influences. And I will surround myself with like-minded souls who are eager to grow with me. As I allow my potential to unfold, I find the sense of wholeness I have been seeking. And the beautiful uh, quote here is, and the day came when the risk to remain tight as a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And this is by Elizabeth. It's, I think it's a Powell, a Powell, a, a, Powell. a Powell. I'm, I'm not sure how she pronounces yeah. it, either, but <laughs> I adore it and I adore her for it. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And I know it's talking about desires and shrinking, but I think that really goes into when I was reading it. I was thinking about our, you know, like our perceived flaws, right? Our, our keeping ourselves too much attention to ourselves is almost like folk only focusing on what we perceive as a limitation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I was, this, this seed popped into my mind this morning when I was meditating. Uh, and I think in part because I knew that we were going to be talking today, but also because it kind of embraces my where I am right now in my own journey. Um, and two things come to mind. You know, we, um, we have a tendency to think that we have to show up in a certain way that is expected by other people. And then we end up spending our entire lives trying to keep that intact. Um, but imagine if you planted, uh, if you plant it, you know, I, I love plants. I get them all the time. Our house is covered in them. I love Trader Joe's plants. Um, but imagine if you brought a plant home that was supposed to be, you know, that's in its young stage and it's meant to grow and you just didn't want it to grow and you told it, stay where you are, don't grow. What is that plant going to do? It has no choice but to grow. It's in its DNA to continue to grow. And we are the same way. So when we try to tell ourselves, um, I have to stay the same, I have, you know, I've, I've achieved 
what I'm supposed to achieve. And now I have to just stay there and stay the same. It would be like trying to tell a plant to stop growing. It's not possible. We are supposed to continue to grow and embrace the aspects of who we are. Um, and when it comes to the things that we think of as flaws, what if a plant considered its flowers to be a flaw? Like, <laughs> right, you, you, you plant a seed and it grows leaves and oh, it's a beautiful plant. And then all of a sudden one day a flower pops up and the plant's like, oh no, where did this come from? This is not part of me. This is not who I am. I am a green plant with green leaves. And all of a sudden there's a bright red flower. Well, the flower is part of who we are. It's what makes us the plant that we are. You know, um, a rose bush that never produced roses would only be a small fraction of who it is. But we come into this life thinking that, um, that we are complete. And then all of a sudden, a bright red flower shows up. For me, that's my ADD which also gives me the ability to dive into projects, um, a single thing, I don't multitask very well, but because of my ADD, I have the ability to go very, very deep for, for quite a while in a project that has my interest. Um, and it has allowed me to do my writing and to write this book. Um, that is my flower. That is the flower that came up from something that I originally thought was a flaw. And every single one of us have these flowers that pop up that come out of nowhere and we think they're a flaw, but really it's part of our beauty. It's part of what makes us unique um, and it's part of our own personal growth. I love that uh, symbolism of the rose because eventually the rose will go through its season of being in blossom and then we have to trim it back, reinvent it, reinvents itself and comes back again. And if anybody's ever planted roses, they know my dad used to plant me roses every house I ever owned. And so I'm particularly uh, attached to roses. And every time it comes back, when you have a more mature rose versus the young rose, I mean, the uh, the stems on them are stronger. They're thicker. They with, withheld more of the weather that's around them. And their flowers are just even more spectacular on a seasoned rose that's been in the ground. was really rooted. The colors are more vibrant. And, and that's just a fabulous analogy of the whole reinventing right not only does it come back but every time it comes back it's even more brighter and bolder and yeah and you know what also makes plants stronger wind getting blown around actually helps their their little stalks to become strong um, we are currently um planting our seeds for our garden right now they're on our kitchen counter in in little little seed uh little dirt pods um but as they begin to grow you're actually supposed to blow on them to to um give them a sense of wind so that their little stems can actually grow stronger um, and that's what our own experiences of overcoming our own personal adversities do for us is it helps our 
our beautiful rose bush to grow stronger and more brilliant over time. And, you know, after we have a season of roses, what do we have to do? We have to trim it back. Now, you might look at a rose bush and say, oh, but isn't that going to hurt it? You know, you're going to take a pair of clippers and you're going to cut off its poor little branches. No, it's not going to hurt it. It's going to help it to grow the next season. And that's exactly what the process of reinvention for ourselves is, is it's giving ourselves the opportunity to pick uh, the parts of ourselves that we want to flourish and to trim off the things that no longer serve us. You know, we have to, we have to prune the um, limiting beliefs that we carried all of these years that no longer serve us. And we're going to clip those off so that we can create new growth in its place. And we will go through a season where we are quiet and maybe not quite as brilliant and bright because we're cultivating ourselves for the next season where we give ourselves the opportunity to shine and allow our flowers to come out and to be seen and be visible. Um, and sometimes you don't even know what the flower is going to look like. You know, it may have this color or it may have this color, but neither color is wrong. It's all part of us. Uh, and you know, the, the seasons of a rose, it starts blending in. You might've bought a yellow rose bush 10 years ago, and now it has caught on to some of the other colors. You know, it starts blending with the pollination of the, with the bees, right? Like I see the bees as like your community, right? Of connecting and, and really letting you flourish and experience different, uh, different aspects that you never thought about in that yeah. whole recreation. Yeah. We become cross-pollinated, you know, with our environment. And when we have new experiences, um, those experiences cross-pollinate us and, um, and our colors shift and change over time, which we consider beautiful when we're looking at a rose bush. And we should also learn to consider it beautiful when we're looking at ourselves that we don't have to stay the same color our entire lives, that our, our, our rose bush doesn't have to be the same size. It can continue to grow. Um, it's expected of us that we are going to continue to evolve and shift and grow and produce different leaves and different flowers over time. And sometimes we are going to need to prune off uh, some things that are no longer serving us. And it's all part of the journey. It's all part of our growth. Oh, it's so, I, I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, a good, um, you know, a good thing to do would be to even think about what have you done new in your life, right? Maybe you're feeling still really comfortable and you can take a look at that, but what if somebody is in transition right now? Maybe they're, they're not feeling it, right? They're like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and maybe they don't feel that way every day. Right. But what would be, um, a tip or, um, you know, really like a hand that you could give them to whether it's one of the, you know, um, one of the soul seeds or some of your own advice from your own experience that you would want to share with them. Oh my gosh, there's so much. Um, <laughs> I know there's 101 in the book, guys. You got really need to go pick up the book. Yeah, there are, um, there's so many things one of the things that I talk about most often is a uh, comfort zone. When we, uh, you know, as humans, 
we are hardwired to seek comfort and to avoid pain. That's, you know, kind of how our species has been able to um, prevail for so long. But that just, um, all that does is promote survival. It doesn't promote thriving. Um, what allows us to thrive is the ability to have new experiences that allow us to show up in new ways, to find new strengths and talents that we never knew that we had. And the only way that we can find those things is by being forced out of our comfort zone. Um, one of the stories that I like to tell is that a while back in England, uh, they were conducting a, somebody was conducting a study uh, about the, the transportation system. But during that study, um, they had to actually shut down the train system for a number of days. Uh, and it completely disrupted the way that people got to work. And people had to find new ways to commute for that period of time that they had never considered before. And the surprising thing is that when the train system was back up and running again, the folks who were conducting this study found out that only a certain percentage of people went back to riding the train because a certain percentage of people found other ways to commute and get to work that actually worked better for them, that they actually liked better. They never would have found those other ways to show up in their lives if it hadn't been for this disruption. Now, disruption is always uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar and we don't know how to navigate it. But through the process of navigating outside of our comfort zones in something that may feel awkward, uncomfortable, um, you know, may even feel like a victim for a period of time, it forces us to develop new skills and new ways of being that actually feel better for us in the end. So really seeking opportunities to step out of our comfort zone on a regular basis helps us to develop the muscles to do that in other aspects of our lives so that we can discover new, um, new possibilities for ourselves. And my recommendation is always find new ways to step out of your comfort zone regularly, not when you're forced to, but choose to. So one example from my own life is I learned how to weld a couple of years ago and I learned how to do woodworking. Why? Why not? Because it's something new. Um, you know, it just so happens that my sweetheart knows how to do those things and he could teach me, but I also could have gone to the community college and I could have taken a course. So now I actually have the ability to build furniture for our house um, that I can custom make to be exactly what I want. Now, the process of learning how to weld is very uncomfortable because I'm a perfectionist and it did not come easily. And I made a lot of mistakes and I would have to scrap what I was working on and start over sometimes. And that was uncomfortable. But now I have the ability to make beautiful things for my surroundings. And I try to find opportunities on a regular basis to learn something new, take a class. Um, I am not a technical person. Uh, computers are definitely not my language. And so several years ago, I took a computer programming class just to prove to myself that I had the ability to do it because I had a story in my head uh, that I was not capable of it. So I took a class and guess what? I could do it. I didn't choose to continue doing it, but I, 
I learned something new. So every time we step out of our comfort zone, we learn that we are capable of far more than we had thought we were. And then when, you know, the winds of change come and we do face disruption, we can face it with a sense of empowerment that we have the ability to learn new things and develop new skills in life. Oh, that's a wonderful example with the welding and the, the woodworking. Oh, yeah, great tip, you know, to reach out and do it because you do, it's like a muscle you get, you get, uh, you get more comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know, and you can start to really trust the universe that it's going to work out. Is it going to look what you thought? No, it's going to look different. Yeah. You don't even quite unknown. It's almost like when you're going to get a surprise gift, right? That's sitting under the Christmas tree. You're like, what is it? What is it? Right. The anticipation and of shaking it, trying to figure out what it is. And it hasn't quite revealed itself yet. And yeah. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So um, stepping out of your comfort zone is for me, a very important part of my process because I am a recovering perfectionist. And in order to be a perfectionist, things have to be predictable, which means that they have to be comfortable. Um, but for me to thrive in my life, I have to have the confidence to know that I can fail at something and it will be okay, that I can be imperfect and continue to thrive in my life. By stepping out of my comfort zone, I am forced to release perfectionism because there's no guarantee it's going to turn out exactly the way I think it will. But more often than not, it actually turns out better. Um, and I've learned and grown along the way. And then when other things happen, um, being out of my comfort zone is not as uncomfortable as it once was. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Cause you're kind of letting go of the expectations of how you think it's going to show up. And I think that's even part of the people pleasing some of our cultural programming of what we think it should look like that comparison again, all yeah. of that empathy that you've built for yourself and yeah. And it all comes full circle to the process of reinventing yourself, which means allowing parts of yourself to come out that have not been developed before, but that you actually really embrace aspects of yourself, of your creativity, of your problem solving capabilities, aspects of your, um, the way that you relate and connect to other people, um, parts of yourself that, um, that didn't have a chance to become developed because we were too afraid that we might fail. And by allowing ourselves to try new things, to be okay with falling down and getting back up again, just like children do when they're learning how to walk, um, we give ourselves the opportunity to know ourselves better. And I often say that reinventing yourself is not becoming somebody new, it's coming back to who you already are and allowing those parts of yourself to thrive in an environment that you may not have had to thrive in before. You may not have given yourself the opportunity or maybe because of your, your circumstances growing up, you were never given the opportunity to yourself in place. And every time we step out of our comfort zone, we give ourselves the opportunity to know ourselves better and to reinvent our lives in ways that feel better for us going forward. 
Well, those are wonderful suggestions, Karen. I'm, I, uh, I'm really hoping that people will, you know, take a listen, give it a try, right? Like what is there to, what's there to lose if you try something different, right? Like, right. You and might if find a new else, way get to a, get to it. <laughs> exactly. If nothing else, you get a good story to tell and you get to share your experience with somebody else, whether it worked for you or not. And that gives them permission to start sharing their stories of what works for them. And that helps us to create a sense of connection and community and all of the things that we're out there searching for. Um, we can start doing on a daily basis, uh, simply by learning new things and showing up in new ways. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, if somebody is interested in, uh, you know, connecting with you, I know they can uh, pick up your book and how, how else can they reach you on social? Oh, absolutely. Um, social media is great. I'm uh, Karen.Salita on Instagram and follow your wiggle on Facebook. But also my website is uh, karensalita.com. Uh, I have a blog where I write articles on all these different themes that we've talked about. And there's also a contact section there where you can send me an email. I love hearing other people's experiences in reinventing themselves. I love hearing how uh, my book um, shows up for them in their lives and what parts of my book are most resonant to them or articles in my blog that relate to an experience that they've had. I really love hearing how are other people out there showing up fully in their lives, reinventing themselves, overcoming adversity. Um, yeah, I would, I love connecting with people and I love hearing their stories. So I definitely welcome people to reach out to me. Yeah. And I hope they do. I hope they pick up the book. And, and if they do, I want them to read number 86. So, which is what we had talked about with our comfort zone it touches on it. And so, um, and with another one of my favorite quotes, <laughs> I think I have, I have, a. I've actually put this on social media more than once. This quote, that's our quotes are really, uh, really similar. I love um, quoting people, but number 86 is super uh, powerful. And it's also talking to us about what we were talking about with our comfort zone. Yeah, um, I would love to conclude with this one because I think that this one really wraps up our entire conversation uh, really nicely. Please do, please read number okay. 86 for us. Many of us are seeking personal reinvention to shift from a place of feeling fractured to a place of feeling whole. We become fractured when the self we reveal to others is different from the self we know ourselves to be. We can begin to reconcile our inner and outer worlds when we stop letting other people's opinions be the criteria for valuing ourselves. Letting go of the need to make others comfortable with our presence gives us the space necessary to heal our fractures. By celebrating our own uniqueness and allowing our hidden selves to be seen, we create the path to wholeness. And the meditation for that is, I realize that I have been looking at myself through other people's eyes, working hard to meet their expectations. I now know that I have far more to offer than the limited roles they've assigned me. I no longer feel ob obligated to show up in ways they find pleasing. Instead, I will show up as myself and I will let them get to know the true essence of who I am. 
And the quote from Glennon Doyle that we both love is your job throughout your life is to disappoint as many people as it takes to avoid disappointing yourself. Yeah. What a great way to wrap it up. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for having the courage to be vulnerable with yourself and start on this journey and offer inspiration for those who are reinventing themselves and finding their own love and self-compassion. Well, thank you, Debbie, for not only inviting me to be part of your podcast, but for having the podcast in the first place, um, for showing up and sharing your own experiences and inviting people to learn from uh, your own experiences and your guests. I have really enjoyed those conversations. Yeah, I, I just love everybody who comes on. I mean, thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Debbie here. Are you a lover of essential oils, crystals, energy healing work, channeled messages, positive affirmations? Well, do I have uh, something to share with you? My friend Nikki is the owner of Sage Essential Oils. She's on Instagram, sage underscore essential oils. I'll include that in the show notes. But I wanted to share with you that she does these amazing essential oil alchemy blends that have crystals and these amazing blends of essential oils called ground alchemy, calm alchemy, uplift, nurture, daydream. And they're all these really delicious and yummy blends. She also includes with each order a personal intuitive affirmation that's downloaded and channeled just for you and a beautiful postcard. So as a healer, she's a Reiki healer and she does ancestral healing sessions as well. And she's located in Australia. And so if you want to try these amazing things, I highly recommend them. I love them and I use them in my own life. So Again, her Instagram is sage underscore essential oils. Let her know that you heard about her here on Light Up Your Worth podcast. Be blessed. Hi, I hoped that you enjoyed my conversation with Karen and that you consider picking up her book, 101 Soul Seeds for Reinventing Yourself. It's a really delightful book that I've been able to really just take parts of it and let it sink into my soul for the days. And I hope that you are moving towards dispelling the myths around your flaws. If you're in the process of reinventing yourself, that you can really learn to feel comfortable in your own skin. Thanks again for being here. And if you are interested in learning more about the Polka Dot Powerhouse, where Karen and I actually connected in person, you can go to www.polka.dotpowerhouse.com and it's all one word. Let them know that you heard about the Polka Dot Powerhouse through me. Um, Karen and I are part of the Carson City, Nevada chapter, and the chapters are located all across the U.S. So I hope to see you at a meeting there 
or if there's not a chapter near you, there's also the international chapter, which is based upon uh, online. So thank you for being here again. And if you haven't already hit subscribe, I would just really, uh, my heart would be full for you to do that. Thanks so much.